0: Gaming NBS episode 128. Welcome to Gaming NBS, a tabletop RPG podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sean.
1: And I'm Brett. Welcome to the show, folks. Glad to have you with us once again. And if you're new, hey, glad to have you here. Hope you like what you hear. And if you don't, um,
0: sorry. Right, <laughs> you're so pleasant.
1: I'm trying to be. That's,
0: that's so nice.
1: I know. It's 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 the opposite of what you have fuck fuck you. You don't like my show? Fuck you. How well, about that? Is that better? <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not a good way to impress the natives. I'll tell you that right out of the gate. I mean, you don't don't do that. No, no. Uh, not a good way to not go. Not a good way to go, no.
0: <sighs> any uh any big announcements, man? I do not Know of any big announcements? Oh, well, I actually, I've got. I'm sorry. Oh, go yeah. ahead. No, oh. I was gonna. Wait
1: wait, 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 Let's just step on each other for the next 15 minutes. Um. So uh, once again, Sean, and I will be at Gary Khan. So that's coming up next month in March. And um, I've been working with Chris Nizak, I, Kevin, Tom, and Emily. We've been working together to put out the. Uh, basically, I think we're gonna build a. Uh, I think Chris has in store a little bit of a Kickstarter action for the. Uh, for the Avalon setting. What? Got a little a little uh, Avalon Vista type of thing. I've got the <clears throat> the paperwork's all done, right? So I have it done, needs to run through the editor type of thing. So it uh should be pretty cool. So I don't know if we're going to if that's coming in April time frame or what it is specifically, but heads up something's coming in that space. So that should be pretty cool. I'm I'm pleased about
0: that. You had something though, sir? I was just gonna say that um for our for GameholeCon, just to update folks on what's going on over there, GameholeCon, visit GameholeCon dot com for more information. It's a gaming convention held in November, the first weekend here in November. Uh, some of the guests I wanted to touch on because I think some have changed um over the last couple of years or so Some of the ones that you will recognize, some of them um, you may not know, but uh, anyways, there's um, Jolly Blackburn from Hackmaster fame and Knights of the Dinner Table. Knights
1: of the Dinner Table, yep. He's been there before.
0: Zeb Cook is going to be there. I wonder who that is. Zeb. (laughs) So for those of you that don't know Zeb, he's the one that was, uh, I think he was like the lead on second edition, right?
1: Yes, David Zeb Cook. He's that name was everywhere on my second edition stuff.
0: Uh David Ewalt. So if you're not familiar with David Ewalt, he is the author of Dice and Men. And then of course we've got uh the regular
1: Shit, he, I kind of have to get him to sign my book. I'm looking at my shelf here. Uh, yeah, I nope. think I got a copy of that one. That's a good one.
0: Jeff Grubb. Another no name. Where do they get these people? That's right. <laughs> Uh let's see who else. Uh, Pat Kilbane. Do you know who Pat Kilbane is?
1: Pat Kilbane. No, I do not. He was I feel a, like an idiot.
0: He was st- a star on Mad Mad TV.
1: Yes. Okay, that's where I know the name.
0: Very tall <laughs> individual.
1: Yes, very tall.
0: And yes. uh, he has taken. And he has. He's a gamer. He has been a gamer. He was at Gary Khan last year briefly, running around with a camera crew because I think. He's kind of filming a documentary of some kind or a film of some kind on role-playing games. Well, that was cool. That's Ch- awesome. Chad Parrish from uh, Dead Game Society interviewed uh, Pat and some of what he's doing. So if you want to know more about Pat, check out Dead Game Society podcast and had him on as a guest.
1: If you're not listening to Dead Game Society anyway, I mean, that's just a good thing to listen to by yeah. and large. Those are good people.
0: It uh, looks Hol- like Mark Miller is coming back. Holy shit.
1: That's I can a- actually get my I can get all the traveler stuff I didn't get signed last year. I can get it signed this year. That's good. I'll get the old box set out.
0: Oh, thank God. Okay. Uh, Doug Niles. All right. Larry Elmore, right? Larry Elmore. Uh Robert Schwab. And Monica Valentinelli. So Monica is local and she's done a lot of work on some of the Margaret Weiss IPs as well as uh vampire masquerade and yes with, with onyx path uh mm-hmm. and even before that and uh and an author she's done all kinds of stuff
1: so i assume guys like matt forbeck will be there again he just he's out milwaukee way this is like he's
0: down in beloit
1: beloit oh, i'm sorry this beloit. is like his back this is like his backyard practically yeah so
0: matt forbeck yep he's gonna be there
1: I love seeing Matt at Game con because we always get drunk together at some point. That's <laughs> a At some point we have we have a few and have a good time. So
0: Matt's a great dude. They got Sean Merwin coming back. That is cool. Sean the wizard Merwin. He, he they uh, he's uh part of he's part of Encoded Designs, right? Or is he not? Yes he is.
1: Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah. Sean Merwin, part of Encoded Design, Baldwin Games. You know what this means is, last time Sean Merwin came, I was able to convince Chris Snezak to show up and crash in my hotel. I yes. might be able to get this. I might be able to get Chris back again.
0: There you go. That could be good. So that All is right. that is only one or a few of the four. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 48 guests. Forty-eight man.
1: As Alex, I'll tell you after running a much smaller budgeted convention of Evercon, we had a handful, which was a handful to deal with. And um, we were very fortunate that it wasn't very expensive for us and we don't we don't have it, have quite the budget and stuff and people were very kind. But I tell you, man, Alex and the boys, they have no respect for their pocketbook. <laughs> I don't, I mean, I don't think, I don't think that they, I don't, yeah. Anyway, that's cool. That's. I mean, this is one of the reasons why Gamehole Con, I mean, I'll ramble for a second here, but this is one of the reasons why Gamehole Con is so fun. It's got – it's small con feel. It's very intimate. You get to see these folks. We've talked about this many times. Just nothing but gaming, 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 gaming. Oh, yeah, and there's special guests roaming the halls, and it's not that big a building. You're going to bump into these folks. If you're there and you really want to see Matt Forbeck and get him to sign something, you'll see Matt Forbeck. You'll be around all con. Same with – Ed Greenwood shows up every year. He's going to be there, you know, unless unless health or something – his wife perhaps might keep him away, but otherwise he's one of those people who's always at Game on. It's just awesome.
0: Yeah. So uh, another thing that Brett failed to mention was that like all the guests are required to run a game. Now I don't know about the artists because they're in the artist alley, but a majority of the folks that are coming, Frank Metzner and everybody we mentioned typically, I mean, I gotta think that gonna Monica's gonna run a game because she's run games before. So I mean you're gonna you're gonna have the chance to play with all these folks.
1: Yes, absolutely, which is just awesome. I mean, and as Alex has told us before, he's had people um, like Jen Page and other people like, well, what do you want me to run? He's like, run a board game, host a card game, whatever you want to do. Just give an opportunity for for um, fans fans of you, fans of the convention, to get there, sit down, and hang out with you for a few hours and just play a game and have fun.
0: That's, That's right. It's really cool. I. Right. That's all I have to say. So make sure you get your ass to game hold con uh, register a- a- event registration, I think is coming up in April. Um, as we record this, it is February 17th, um, in a, in the day of our Lord. I think that's about yes. the most religious I'll get
1: <laughs> <laughs> on this show anyway. Oh, and, uh, just as a quick aside before we get into random encounter, Sean and I will be doing, um. Games under the Gaming NBS banner, as we did last year. We're coordinating how we're going to work that with Alex, how much table space we'll have, what will be available, and um, we'll be reaching out to game masters we had last year, people who who wanted to play but couldn't get in, or run, excuse me, and couldn't couldn't get in. So uh, we'll do our best to try to coordinate something again this next season.
0: Yeah. All All right, right, man. Let's get into Random Encounter. Do it. Random Encounter. Emails, voicemails, comments from social media, and folks that like to call BS on occasion. Go ahead. Oh,
2: we have a voicemail.
1: We do. The henchman.
2: Hi, Brett and Sean. It's the Goblin's Henchman here, ringing in again. Um, Just finished listening to the episode on dragons, which I uh, heartily enjoyed. Um, Before I get into that, I just want to say I've been listening to the Streets of Avalon podcast, which you're DMing. I've uh, got up to episode three and I have to say I've uh, really enjoyed it. I think um, invariably when I've listened to actual play podcasts... Uh, Being a cantankerous soul or something, I just find that I get irritated by somebody. There's a bombastic player or the DM does something ludicrous and gives a powerful item away and it just kind of destabilizes the whole game. Anyway, I think you did an excellent job and I highly uh, recommend anyone else out there who, who is interested to uh, tune in and have a listen to uh, Top Marks. And I have to ask the, uh, you know, spoiler alert, the thing about the cats. Was that, was that planned? or is that a uh, was that something that was totally improvised just curious um i'm only on episode 3 so the thing with the cats hasn't fully developed if it's going anywhere but i just just slightly curious about that and um just quickly on the dragons i think you're you guys have nailed it i probably shouldn't even waffle on like i normally do about the episode but um i think you're right i think dragons need their own mystique they can't just be um, sort of straight out of the tin. Here you go, dragon fight, dead. We win, hurrah! Um, I think when I back in the day when I was running my AD&D campaign, um, I had my my group, which were only about fourth level, stumble across this big heap of treasure in a cave, and they were all the the group were sort of mentally counting the gold and discuss, you know mentally divvying up which who was getting which magic item. When I said sort of said, oh, and I'm, I'm, by the way, in in the middle of the horde on a platform, you see a two-headed black dragon and the sort of the uh the WTF moment was uh, quite quite extreme i think the adrenaline just pumped straight away they all uh, did the double take and uh, then they had to decide what they were going to do about it and the um final thing i'd like to say about dragons is that there's an app called the crawler's companion which you can download certainly from the app store i presume there's an android equivalent but it um Base is a DCC app that gen- has all sorts of generators on there. And one of those generators is a, is a dragon generator. And I think DCC really do get their dragons right. They really are very all, all unique. And um, it really, really produces really unusual combinations. So if you use that generator and you convert it over to your system, you'll definitely get a, a wild card dragon that your your players can't possibly anticipate. You know, a crystal dragon that breeds poison gas and has all sorts of unique powers um and um yeah so i think that's a a really nifty um, little app even if you don't play dcc like myself and finally thanks for mentioning my collection of magic items that i have on my um, g plus page i think i'm up to about 12 i think they're all you know interesting little ideas i'm not not pretending i'm reinvented the wheel here but uh you know if anyone wants out there wants to check it out then uh uh, appreciate any comments you might have okay cheers fellas and um again great show keep up the great work thanks a lot cheers Cheers. all right so very cool
1: harumph harumph (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love the henchman. I love his his uh, perspective is awesome. So, Mr. Henchman, I will tell you right now that the the cats were ad libbed at the time. Um, I was just talking to the uh, the players yesterday when we were doing a recording and I and um, kind of doing some Q and A. Uh, and I said, you know, the cats were like, "Oh, this this seems like it'd be a fun thing to do." And for whatever reason, uh, that image hit me, and I'm like, "Okay, cats, it is." And um, they do expand. I think you'll find some more about it, and um, like a lot of things that I think <laughs> many game masters, Sean and I included, you try to roll something out, and sometimes the players take it, and run with it, and you can just develop the living hell out of it. And other times, it just goes only so far, and there's more yet to be plumbed out of that particular area. So I'm glad you like it. It's really uh, I, I really uh, really enjoyed doing the Streets of Avalon thing. So thank you for uh, for that. And of course, Sean, his dragon thing is really cool. I completely forgot about DCC. And the Crawler Companion, I mean, if you're playing DCC and you're not using the Crawler Companion, go get that app. But yeah, DCC Dragon Builder, that's really, it's a really cool way to make your dragons fresh and new. That's a very good point.
0: Yeah, the Crawler Companion, man, is, it's, from our, it's our, from our friend, from Purple Sorcerer, great, uh, <coughs> Purple Sorcerer Games. Sorcerer Games,
1: Games.
0: exactly. That's right. Yes. Cool.
1: And all right, so the Mongrel. Pure Mongrel updates us on getting experienced players to play a new game. Um, In regards to feedback given on episode 127, yes, says the Mongrel, I was asking how to approach learning a new game as an experienced player. How should an experienced game master approach it? How should the player, beyond just keeping an open mind, um, recently our group tried Edge of the Empire after I read the beginner book. I was convinced my players would hate it. Weird dice, narrative dice results, etc. Apparently his players are just like me, Sean. Um, Anyway, they absolutely loved it and are now building their own characters. They haven't jobbed theirs out like I did. Um, Do you feel that if we had, um, do uh, I do feel if we had played using just the core book, it would not have been as good as an, as an introduction. My bias for D6 Star Wars and Savage Worlds may have been tainted, may have tainted the way I presented the rules. However, the way the beginner box adventure was laid out, it did a good job at introducing the rules at just the right pace. Fancy Flight Games have done a great job on their beginner products. You know, I have I've not picked up the box set for that. I was at one of my friendly local gaming stores in my hometown, Johnny C's, and he had like three of them on the shelf, but I was looking for something else and I wasn't particularly in the market to grab it, but I think I'm going to get it. I have heard nothing but good about that. Sean, you've also told me about that, how the beginner box set kind of, that first adventure does the thing that a good introductory adventure should do is walks you through the various ways to use all of the mechanics, or at least the bulk of the core through that adventure.
0: It does. It comes with pre-generated characters and the way it's done is like, you have the characters, it's like a folio. It's like, uh, you know, three, three pages, um, and outlines the front page while well, you, you open it up and then there's the main character sheet and it's got, Breakout in the margins for dice and symbols, I think. And if I remember correctly, and then the character sheet and some of the highlights of the character sheet and what it means. And then literally it says, don't turn it over until you get to a certain point. And then you turn it over, you flip the page, and then it's supposed to be after you completed X, Y, and Z of the adventure, which means that you're kind of leveling up. You get XP, and then it tells you how to allocate that and to where, how that changes some things, but it also talks about like the game master. So it's like game master, read this manual first, and then once you're done reading this, then you can start reading this. And it's very um, step by step. So it's not, and it's not insulting either, right? Uh, it's really hard to explain over audio, but it is. It's a, it's a great.
1: I'll tell you- what you just said there is important because a lot of times <clears throat> I think this kind of gets to the mongrel's question. Like how do you get an experienced player or experienced right. game master? Sometimes those of us who have been playing since forever, you know, even Sean took a break from it. But he's been playing a long time. If you pick up a game, like, Oh, yay, very rudimentary. This is built for, um, a 12 year old to read and figure out how to do it. Blah, blah, blah. It, it, if it feels pandering to you or it feels juvenile in some way, it does. It's not going to sing the same way this is. I've heard nothing but good about this. So I'm glad the mongrel liked it as well. Cause I honestly, from what he has sent to us, when I've seen him posting the man's a connoisseur of games. So the fact that he likes it at this level is a good sign to me.
0: All right. Uh, moving on. VC emails us about dragons. Hello, my friends. I have not written in for a while and figured it was about time to share in the BS dragons and games where to begin. Dot. Dot dot. Sound effects uh for for immersion yes, purposes. purposes. There
1: you go. Yes, okay.
0: Dragons in games are a creature that I have not really used in my games. When I first started DMing, I thought I thought I th- threw. Oh my god. V C you're killing me. DMing I uh DMing <laughs> when I first started DMing I threw some red wormlings into a mass free-for-all fight that my players were just happy to escape from and didn't question their presence. Later on, when I became more comfortable with RPGs, I created a group of NPCs that were all half-dragons of different colors and sailed around in two separate dragon-themed ships. The idea being that each ship having a mix of dragons were both neutral in their actions and there for... Therefore, always willing to assist my players in just about whatever they wanted to do if they found the ships. But never as the big bads of my games. I think there are two reasons why this is. The first Brett touched on upon uh, in the show and Shane F. wrote in about, which is that dragons are a very powerful entity that demand respect not just because its name is in the title of one of the most popular role-playing games and thousands of other titles in the world, but because they are a force of nature. To play a dragon correctly, there is a lot to consider when it comes to story dynamics. This is not a creature that you just walk into a cave with and kick around for five minutes. These creatures are set up for the long game, meaning they are prepared for everything. They know every major entity or event in their territory and have years of time to dedicate to studying them. Hell, the world itself reshaped by them, is reshaped by them. Add to that their immense size category, Colossus for some, which is described as, quote, exceeding 64 feet in height or length and weighs more than 125 tons. Holy shit.
1: Holy shit! Indeed, that's a big fucking lizard. Squish.
0: Just for reference, that's the same weight of some diesel train engines and a little taller than a five-story building. The average human is five foot six for male, five foot two for females. I don't know, five foot two—that's the average for females, huh? I thought they were taller. Good. Could and be five six for male,
1: huh? You guys are short. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Brett, Brett, neither fits under male or female average human. No, I do not. how does a party of six wait, wait, waiting may be with all their gear, about 700 pounds, even begin to deal with that. Uh, when the boss can literally tap its toe and kill the party, it's mind blowing. The second reason, and probably my biggest reason is the idea of the dragon has been heavily uh, Christianized. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Now, with that said, do not make this as an anti-Christian rant. Uh Uh-oh, it's not. But the mythology of the dragons has been heavily influenced by the religion. Going with Western dragons in this sense, many dragons are used as symbols of sin, malice, destruction, and corruption to name a few, which either prompt stories of the righteous heroes rising from nothing to slay the symbol of evil in the name of good or a story of villains rising above all others to become the most powerful evil in the land. While a good source of story and development, I feel these stories are overdone and not executed well. On the flip side, the Eastern dragons represent spiritual entities of nature, balance, change, and good fortune. These dragons are friends of humans and strive to protect the spiritual and material worlds, where this style of dragon offers greater opportunity for story and player character growth it's the Western style that is deployed more often in stories and adventures. It's at this point, I feel I should acknowledge that any dragon can have any characteristics that the DM wishes. And these are just my thoughts, opinions, and should not be taken with a, and should be only taken with a grain of salt. Finally, I have to agree with Brett. What?
1: Different, I, I, don't, I, I don't see know. why that's shocking. Every, most people do really. I don't know. I don't get it.
0: Different <laughs> DMs have different preferences. Any monster can be used to tell any story. I myself, I myself prefer to use monsters that either do strange things, monsters of mythology, or are rutted in primal fear. Ironically, my favorite monster to use as a boss fits all these areas. All three areas. The Wendigo, an undead deer creature that is part of the Algonquin, Algonquin, Algonquin. Algonquin Native American and Lovecraft mythology. That symbolizes the fear of survival from starvation and the cold, harsh winter. Great work on the show, guys. I hope to catch up with you soon. Maybe we'll have a drink uh, or a weekend to get together and play some board games. P.S. The show's subject has come to mind as I am typing this. What does your choice in a boss monster symbolize about your DMing style? Yeah, brother. It's like psychoanalysis. Well, this is the second attack
1: here. Not attack. Good God, that's horrible. Um, The second Push at us around DMing styles. Um, we've there's heard this. Only from a one, there's only people.
0: one style, baby. <laughs> there's only one.
1: Here it comes.
0: Style.
1: There we go.
0: All aboard, motor scooters. This is a one-way ticket to Adventureville.
1: Just so our listeners know, Sean and my eight-year-old daughter Alana have a very similar game
0: mastery. Oh, your, your daughter is so wise. I must yeah. meet her and we shall share stories.
1: Yeah. She's either incredibly advanced or the opposite of Sean. Anyway,
0: do you choose dragons because you see yourself as an opposing force of nature that has unlimited power? Do you choose shapeshifters because you want to keep your players on the edge of xenophobia? Do you choose fairies because you like to be the trickster DM and keep your players guessing your thoughts? VC.
1: I think honestly, my first thought, VC, is that when I if I pick a boss monster for a setting, whether it's um in my traveler game, I have a like the boss bad guys or the boss plot around it, which is a much kind of hard science y type adventure, versus see <clears> me <throat> even the streets of Avalon or other fantasy things or horror that I've done. A lot of times I try to pick a boss monster to call it that based on that fits the story the best. So if I was doing something about some bizarre psychological um, horror thing where text itself caused people to have visions, well, the king in yellow seemed from Chambers just comes right to mind. I'm like, okay, the king in yellow is the right bad guy to have here. We'll do that. Um, however, I think even you know, despite Sean and my giggle about you know psychoanalysis based on the boss monster, I think there's there's something to be said for that. I have had game masters over the years that. Oh, guess what? At the end of this adventure, I'm pretty sure there'll be a beholder somewhere. Oh, what do you mean? I'm no, just just saying. You you like you like beholders, dude. <laughs> They're always there. Every adventure, there's a beholder.
0: So what do you what you're trying to say is that we have players that like to play the same character, like my buddy Jeff.
1: Who well, game masters that like to play the same character, And yeah, then players. then yeah. the
0: same GM it applies to the GM as well.
1: It may all right, good stuff, VC, man. And uh, VC's not that far from us. I think he's down Chicago way, Illinois-ish. Illinois. Yeah, that's not that far for us. We can hop on a bike this summer I, and cruise il, down
0: there. Illinois. Illinois.
1: Right. All right. That makes it French. It sounds cooler. Oh. Um, <laughs> Michael we're, Parker we're so posed the question. S-
0: suave over here.
1: <laughs> so suavey, yes. Uh, suavey. <laughs> yeah. Michael Parker, next up here. He posed a question to us on G+. Props. I'm running a first- uh, my first modern game ever, Savage Worlds, The Thin Blue Line. And I didn't realize. <clears throat> yes, good stuff. He goes on to say, I didn't realize until I started designing the campaign how many cool options there are for props. One of my favorites so far is creating a f- Facebook profiles for NPCs and persons of interest. Being a police slash detective setting, there is a heavy focus on investigation. Even more important, one of my players is a cyberpath, which gives all sorts of options for hacking, etc. The Facebook pages have clues on them, and they should hack in the account. And they and should they hack into the accounts? There are further clues in private messages. What are some of the more unique props and game tools you've employed in your modern games? You know, Michael, I never thought about that. Have basically doing what a lot of (laughs) doing what a lot of trolls do, and just uh, create a couple of fake Facebook accounts, a few fake G Plus accounts. (laughs) I did a thing with uh, I created some. At one point, I had some fake Gmail accounts. This is before G Plus, and I sent what, Sean's looking at me like, "What? What you've done? Everything hey, is that let, the face?" So
0: just hey, so we don't get sued or encourage this. It's probably against the terms and conditions of those particular platforms to not to set up an account that isn't actually real. Just saying. I, well, fuck well, i <laughs> <Brett. So, laughs> hey, I mean, no. I don't think the Facebook police are going to come in and like arrest you, but I'm just hey. For the sake of the podcast and to keep the lawyers off my ass. That's there
1: true. You go. There you go. That, all right, fair enough.
0: But anyways, as you were saying. I, I about,
1: think I think there's some cool stuff around. Like I said, I I've had um I set up an email account on G Plus that I specifically use for a certain game in order to email players and stuff, which was kind of fun. And I did that for a while. The problem I had with it and the problem that I have, I think and Sean and I talked about this a little bit with props. It might be worth revisiting because it's been I know hundred episodes since we talked about props. But the keeping keeping up with it, it's a lot it can be a lot of legwork, right? So if I have Facebook pages and I want this stuff and so on and so forth, um, I don't have a good mechanism unless I do all the setup work ahead of time and then the players just discover the things that I've already built, maybe that would work. But keeping the props, keeping that virtual prop, if you will, a Facebook page, for example updated regularly or constantly or some variation on that theme is a lot of work. And I don't, and I, I, for one, I run out of time. <laughs> and then, um, when, when I run out of time, then it becomes useless and it becomes something that the players don't dig into, but, Hmm. Man, that, modern,
2: is, that is a I, lot
0: I, of work, dude. It can like be. Setting up all those Facebook profiles. I mean, if you just set them up and you kind of drop stuff on each one, which is great, but, I would, I, would, I would definitely get LastPass so you can, like, log in and log out at each one of those relatively quickly. Yes. Man, to, like, make it robust or something or even more realistic. I mean, you're going to have to put photos in there maybe of what? I don't know. I, don't, I mean. It
1: can be a lot of work. The question, though, that he asks is, like, what are more unique tools or props that we've used in modern games? <clears throat> I'm going to have to think about it because apart from that one email, Setup I did, and so on. I have been the recipient of props from my buddy Lenny, who's our my group's prop master. He's really, really good at this. Um, but generally speaking, I don't use a lot of props because it's it's work. I don't because I improv so much when I game master. It's very difficult for me to say, "Oh, I happen to have," the, you know, "uh, the book." This book falls on your lap. The Vermis Mysterious. I don't have a prop of the Vermis Mysterious because it just came to me and I threw it out at the game session. So I'm like, oh, that would have made a really good prop had I fucking planned anything for this adventure. I, I should have had that book with me. So I don't do a lot of that. Sean, do you do anything?
0: You don't bring any rifles or guns and set them on the table, Brett? Well, just in just in like threat
1: mode. I mean, that's oh, just that's not he, a prop. that's just no, that's not a prop. That's, that's not that's, for the game. Well, it's it's for the game, but it's that's more of like me looking at you saying, you know what, you know, just tap tap <laughs> tap, you know. When that, when when you when you're him and Han, you're not quite sure what to do. Just reach over. Tap Brett's, on, tap,
0: tap on it. Brett back. still thinks he can shoot through a video camera. <laughs> um, but it, the effect is there. Let me tell you, I just, I got it, man. It makes me move, even if I know the bullet can't hit me. It's, it's there. I know where you
1: li- I do know where you live you you do <laughs> I got a freaking move son of a
0: bitch uh I don't use props a ton in modern games, although savage worlds I have run at cons, and if you consider a military World, weird war two game um you know if you i mean I've had shell casings that Brett has rattled off a few rounds on his you know weekend break from you know splitting wood. and shooting animals he's given me some brass that i've used for bennies, but uh brett laughs because it's true <laughs> a, l- a little anyways but so not i mean uh not a ton even though like i i mentioned this episodes ago and that somebody actually wrote in on and asked about the uh forget about it game that i mentioned and it, and it was uh, David K. I won't say David's last name, but forget about it is from just your imagination. And it's it's on drive through David. And it's got a weird, wacky, uh, actually, you, you spelled it almost correctly, but it's a one-shot. It's not a game. It's a Savage Worlds one-shot. Anyways, in that game, I've written, I've told Brett, like, I want to get a steering wheel so that when somebody's driving the Cadillac, who's driving? Me. All right, here you go. And they got ha- to hang on to the steering wheel. You know, I want to put like a, an old radio on the table or on the, yeah, on the table and hook that up to an MP3 player that just plays like 1969 or earlier songs so that when they get bored of a tune, they just hit it. And then maybe it's the DJ that comes on, you know, so then maybe it's miniatures that comes into play. Um, you know, maybe it's fedoras where everybody's wearing a fedora and some wacky suit Even and tie. If it's-
1: even if it's not a con game just the uh, one shots i guess <clears throat> you're right because the one i have a uh john wick's adventure digging for a dead god which is one of his king and yellow series for call of cthulhu and there's a soundtrack for that i always play the soundtrack with it because it's perfect it's designed specifically for the game i put on my mp3 player i play it at the at the session it just works it's beautiful to take my cues off it it's just awesome um one shots like that are much easier for me to pregen maps, pregen, 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 because I'm like, oh, it's a box that's two to four hours long or whatever it is. And these are the things that I'm pretty sure could probably come up or that I could force to come up if I want to, you know, make it happen type of thing. So uh, it'd be interesting to see what other listeners are doing, right? Are other people doing unique props and different tools? Because I hadn't even thought about the social media aspect of it, but is anybody else doing that? Breaking Facebook policy, or <laughs> so we can get you written down. No, it, but if anybody else has a cool way that they, I know we've got. There's web designers out there, the people that John Arcadian working with Money Cook Games, you know, for um, Invisible Sun, all the different stuff that was done for that. I know that type of thing, that level of immersion is out there, and I'm wondering if other people have either done it themselves or had experiences with it. That could be pretty cool.
0: So now. Now, this is not really, I mean, it's kind of on the border of props, but if you go to, if you want a game that kind of immerses at view screen by Raphael Chandler, I believe um, is a game where you kind of play on Google Hangouts and there's overlays and you play a crew of a ship and your communication between each other is through this kind of inner, inner calm Uh, intercom intercom system that's video. So, you know, you're like the engineer and you're like, Oh my God, I think they're coming to get me. You know, the engines are down, blah, blah, blah. And you're playing it through Google plus. So that is an immersive uh, piece of the game. God, I hope it's Raphael. I'm going to be like embarrassed if I got that wrong. Yeah. Oh, well, not the first time we've been embarrassed.
1: All right. So next up is, oh, next one's yours, sir, Charles
0: White. Charles White from Fabled Environments sent us a message. And I've heard Charles, he actually uh, pitched this, so it's interesting. I just listened to both Urban Adventuring episodes, and I'm a huge fan of urban games. One of the most enjoyable campaigns that I played in for a short while revolved around a party that owned a bar. This was a great vehicle to bring the group together or allow them to break off and do their own thing. The bar actually had a secret entrance to the sewers that the thief used to sneak off to the thieves guild when needed. The campaign that I would love to run involves a large city built on top of the ruins of a large city that few people even know exist. The campaign will begin with some horrors bubbling up and move toward the party, discovering the city with its new tech and new dangers. I know that between the two of you that you had a, uh, had a love of shadow run and urban gaming. I was wondering if you'd like a review copy of our newest relief release for savage worlds, which is Olympus incorporated. And I know that uh, Charles has been on a podcast here or there, and he's talked about world um, Olympus incorporated. It was a Kickstarter. So I got to imagine that it went well and, and he's got it now. Um, the quick pitch is Modern Day Demigods and Mythical Creatures Battle in the Shadows. Olympus Incorporated combines the cyberpunk, cyberpunk genre with modern espionage and urban fantasy. Uh, thanks for a great podcast, Charles. And I've and I listened to Charles kind of pitch this on one of the Savage Worlds shows. I don't think it was one. Uh, I don't think it was like the Savage Blogger guys. Well, it could be Christian and them. But I know that he's been on a couple and it was an intriguing setting uh, for sure. If you like cyberpunk, you got to check that out. Thanks Charles for writing in, by the way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, that sounds really cool. I, the, the, hmm, the cool part that Shadowrun has for me is it has a touch, touches the fantasy. Cause I like my sci-fi to a point, but I'm more of a fantasy guy than I am a sci-fi guy. And having, <clears throat> excuse me, having the demigods and mythical creatures and so on that has that whole Shadowrun vibe to it. So, that definitely that definitely uh, kicks all the right interest bits for me, Charles. So that's, that sounds really cool. I'm going to have to definitely look into that. Thank
0: you, sir. And I was right with Raphael Chandler. Oh, good. Yeah. All right. So, I guess let's – anything else, Brad? No, man, we've had – that was some
1: – I I mean, I'm, I'm about to say that was some really good listener feedback, but damn it, man, we always have good <laughs> listener feedback, and I'm not shitting. I mean, we really do. These guys – you know, Parker, VC, you know, Goblin, Henchman, all these guys. I mean, it's just, it's just good. This is really good stuff. We've always had good people writing in. So thank you all very much.
0: Yeah. So keep for everybody, and for everybody that tunes in just for that, well, Hey, uh, this has been your, I'm your host, Sean.
1: And I'm Brett. Good night. Good <laughs> game and all.
0: <laughs> Let's get out of the main topic for those that want to keep, keep going. All right, the first in the player series. So, Sean, what the hell?
1: What, what do you want to do with players? A player series? You a care pl- about players all of a sudden? What what, I, what what happened to Sean, I know and love? What happened, man? What happened to you? I'm getting soft. <laughs> I'm getting soft,
0: man. You're getting soft. I'm getting soft. So, I wanna, what we want to cater to the player. <laughs> want to cater uh, to the player. Hey, I give them an edge. So, if they ever get in my game, there's no excuses.
1: At least this way, they know what they should be doing. Here's, wow, your tic- right. Here's your ticket, motherfucker. Sit down and play your character. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what Sean wants to do. All right. So what we want to do basically is um, a series. When when Sean and I say series, we're not like, this isn't going to be it for the next 12 shows. We're going to sprinkle this in throughout our, our usual BS and just kind of talk from a player-focused perspective. Some of the things that Sean and I talk about, see <clears> me <throat> off the mics and so on, is, you know, when we're playing how we, how we, from a game master perspective, how I like my players to play. And then when I'm a, when I'm playing this character, this is how I like to run them. And we thought that might be interesting to, to chat about. And we figured, you know, no better place to start than the fighter. I mean, the fighter is a wonderful ubiquitous class archetype that runs just about every, I mean, literally every genre, some, every genre you're playing, somebody's going to sit down at your table and say, I want to hit stuff in the face. <laughs> Whether it's hit it in the face with a sword, shoot it with a gun, stab it with a knife, punch it with my bare hands. Somebody out there wants to be a fighter. So,
0: All about the combat. Everything that Brett just said, all about the combat.
1: Yeah, somebody. people tend to, at least that, that's what I, my experience tells me.
0: Even Brett, in his Trail Cthulhu game, wanted somebody wanted to play a boxer, right, Brett?
1: Yes, I've had that before. I've had people like, oh, I want to be a boxer. It's a... Cthulhu game about, you know, digging into mythos. No, I really want to be like an ex-pro boxer. I'm like, okay, um I, I think I can work with this. <laughs> but I mean, people like that. I mean, one of the reasons we've talked about this before too is some of the reasons people play games to escape. And sometimes it's fun to come have a shitty day of work and you've got your Wednesday night game and you sit down and you don't want to have a deep urban adventure about um heavy emotional bleed and I want to feel like this poor, you know, halfling Mother of five who has to struggle, and you're just like, I just want to kill some orcs and take their shit. Right. And it's not that, that that in the the risk here is, of course, and we'll hopefully get into this, but your fighter kin lean so heavily into that archetype or that, um, I don't know, stereotype, better phrase, um, that they become a one trick pony. So let's, uh, let's dig into it, man. You, Sean, I'm going to tell everybody right now, Sean did the show notes for this, and, uh, You can tell when Sean does show notes because they're actually notes. This is pretty good. (laughs) I don't know. Brett's Brett's notes are more like theoretical concepts of notes. It's their notes in theory. They have their, their words are on paper and they're in some sort of order.
0: Yeah. You Ready? Yeah. Yeah. Kick, kick it off brother. All right. So most of what we're going to talk about and reference really comes down to the fantasy role playing game. Okay. So, Read D and D, whatever version, Pathfinder, basic role playing game, a little bit because they're more percentage based. GURPS. and when I we say about those systems, they may differ because some of them are class less systems. But typically, even in classless systems, you're going to get somebody that just kind of builds a character around punching, fighting, you know, and just simply kicking ass. Right? The player sits down and says, "Brett." Brett says. Hey, what do you want to play, Sean? And I go, Hey, I just want to—I want to punch people in the face. I want to swing the sword. I want to just kick ass. Period.
1: I'll tell you the other—the other strength of the fighter. I just ran the Five E game for some—uh—for uh, one of my Evercon partners, Chris. She's gamed very rarely. She plays a lot of board games, card games, but RPGs has not been a sweet spot for her. And we had a bunch of pre-gen characters. She's like, Ah, oh, what do you think? I say, Chris. This is, I referenced an article, a news article I read in a Milwaukee newspaper back in Gen Con, like 90 or 91 or something like that. And the author went through and says, How do you get into it? It was like a short little box, like in, in, within this larger article about gaming. <clears throat> and he said, Play a fighter, play a fighter type character. You sit down at a game you've never played before, look the game master in the eye, and say, I'd like to play a fighter type character. And the author of this article was like, other people look at you, no, you, what you want to do is play a magic user or a cleric, or you want to be a net runner, or you want to be the celestial goddess of blah. And all the wise players look at you, nod and smile like, yeah, yes, this person wants to learn. Um, the fighter is this beautiful place to start from. If you've never played a role playing game before, if you have somebody who sits down at your table and says, I've never really played before. Um, you're going to play D and D to use that as an example. Um, I don't know, what, what, what's a good character? I don't even know what to do. Give them a fighter. There's nothing wrong with a fighter. The fighter, they're in the action. They they have a ton of hit points. Um, again, using D&D parlance, there's lots of hit points. They got a high armor class. They can do a lot of damage. They get to do a whole bunch of cool shit in the, the most stressful situations. That new player may not understand the wonderful nuances of a skill check that the rest of us are totally grooving on. Like, oh my God, that was awesome. You picked that lock. Oh, that lock was so difficult to pick. They don't give a fuck about that. They have That's not empirical evidence to their brain. They killed five goblins so that the thief could pick the lock. That's awesome. The fighter has a lot of power in that space, especially for new players, in my opinion. So, Brett. Yes.
0: I explained to you kind of the inspiration of this show this this episode specifically fitor right
1: yes fitor he is uh, i believe fitor is um he's an orphan his parents (laughs) were killed in an orc raid he's from fitorland um he hates
0: orcs (laughs) right has very he's angsty
1: he's angsty yes right full he has he has such he has uh such um what do i want to say um, flaws as must must kill all enemies until dead, seeks vengeance at all costs. These are flaws that such a character would have.
0: <laughs> fury maybe can't control themselves. Yeah, once uncontrollable,
1: fury. Un- uncontrollable fury. Not a barbarian fury, but just a different type of fury.
0: Right now, and that's a good point too. So now what we're talking about is not ranger, not paladin, not Bar- barbarian, not cavalier, none of those subclasses, but strictly kind of fighter. Typical, like Brett said, men at arms. Women at arms. Now, Brett. Yes. You touched on it a little bit. The strengths, or why Why would somebody want to play a fighter?
1: Well, I'll tell you, so Emily is setting up a new game. When Streets of Avalon is done recording, we're going to do some other stuff, and Emily's going to game master. And she's got this wonderful world of auntie, and we're learning what it's about, and so we had a little session zero last night.
0: Hey, hey, hey let me know when that happens, and I'll, I'll, I want to subscribe.
1: Yeah, because, you yeah, know, that's nice. <laughs> Hey, Brett, when are you not talking? Good, I'll, I'll listen to that one. Uh, anyway. Brett's
0: at the DM helm. Uh, so delete that
1: guy. have been, been there, done that. Click. Um. How come he treats them so much nicer? So one of the reasons that I like playing fighters is, and that I want to play a fighter in this game, is for kind of what I just mentioned is, I want something that's very simple to play. When I'm a player, I like, um at this point, I didn't want to, after coming off of um, Streets of Avalon as a game master, like, oh, I had a lot to juggle and think about. I want something pretty simple, pretty straightforward. Well, it's right there. What,
0: what is simple, Brett? I don't understand. What is simple? I don't understand. So, Isn't exact- everything simple in RPGs?
1: <laughs> so allow me to uh, illuminate you, sir. Um, few subsystems, right? I don't have to deal with a lot of magical spells, components. There's not a lot of thieving skills. I don't have to worry about turning undead. I don't have to worry about that stuff. Um my job as the fighter is, you know, punch stuff in the face, keep everybody else alive. My job is to be the person who holds the line while the the weaker people in combat getting on y stuff done, or flee or whatever. And I'm totally fine outside of combat as a as the player of the fighter, saying, you know what, I'll take will take a backseat. with the bard or the mage or the cleric or whomever else schmooze and talk through the, the nobles court or whatever. I'll just hang back here looking uncomfortable in my, in my dress uniform. Um, the abilities, your strength, your con, your decks and so forth. Looking at that stuff, it's all physical, physical, physical is pretty much what you're looking at. Yes. You can be a smart fighter and you don't want to be stupid. Um, and you prefer to have some level of wisdom, but as long as your wisdom, your charisma and your intelligence are in the average ranges, you're fine. You want your strength count and dex in that order to be decent. <clears throat> if you're using a system with feats or special fighter moves, they're all, in my opinion, very easy to understand. Cleave. Fucking cleave shit. Great cleave. Great well, cleave minute. stuff.
0: Well, what does cleave mean, though, Brett, in so, most systems? In most typically.
1: systems means that I cut through the first guy and I move on to the second guy with a free attack. I mean, that's just
0: awesome. You get to do that as like uh, part of the rules. Gets, you yep. get to kill somebody and then you get to kill another person. Exactly. That's not always the case. Not always the case, no. No, right. But if you have that feet or something, you could do that. Yep.
1: So there's, there's plenty of stuff that's geared specifically, especially in, a, in like your 3-5, your Pathfinder, that's very tactical combat heavy. There's a lot of shit that a fighter can do. And it's not overwhelming. When I say it's not overwhelming, the cool part <clears throat> to me is as a player of the fighter, everything is very self-explanatory. It's cleave, great cleave, you know, you know, super defend or you know, extra shield bonus. They're all right there.
0: So I think I think the key that we want to elaborate or we wanna touch, we wanna we want to say is that it's all the same type of system. Like there's no extra subsystem, right? So for example, magic user, wizard, I what it's your turn, Brett. What are you gonna do? I'm gonna cast a spell. Oh, er- Record scratch. What does that spell do? What's the duration? Do you have the spell components? Are you concentrating on another spell? What What is the spell? Do they get a save? Do they not get a save? That is like a another subsystem.
1: I think. correct. Right. You're right. I mean, the, the subsystems are minor. If you choose to grapple, there's a perhaps a grappling subsystem or trip special sure. movements. Sunder, but they. Sure. But it's not as often, and they're very. Like I say, the definition of what you're trying to do is pretty simple. Sunder, I'm going to break some shit. Right. Trip, I'm knocking your ass over. Grapple, I'm holding your ass down. It's all very hands on, meaty, get it done and move on.
0: But my point is many times it's, uh, you know, even with extra feats that some systems allow you to have or boons, it just adds more to what you want to be able to do. Right. So if you're. Absolutely. Absolutely. It gives you more flexibility. So again, we mentioned cleave, right? If you don't have cleave, maybe you just can hit. You know, how would I like? What can I do? I'm gonna smash that person's face. Great, go ahead. I smash him. Okay, you're done. Cleave allows you to smash him and then smash another one. I'll
1: tell you, as as a fighter in combat, the worst thing I can do is in the middle of a combat, especially a big pitch battle. Go oh geez um what should I do what should I do the players look at me the mage the cleric look at me like you son of a bitch fucking kill some ogres man
0: you're either there's there's ogres what is wrong with you you're either running away you're running away from the battle or you're running knee deep into the battle like that is your option yeah fight or
1: get some shit done
0: it's not like hey parlay like like you know Jack Sparrow. uh, parlay. <laughs> that's not going to happen as a fighter. Now, if you want
1: to to Sean's point, right, fighter doesn't do that. You can there are twists on a fighter. You can always make a fighter's got great parlay, great whatever. But we're just talking for the basics of it. And again, not in
0: my, hey, not in my not, goddamn not in Sean's games. Sean's game, new no way, I no, love. So let's cut that right, right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the other thing that's fun, like I say, is well, I Fantasy games, especially, yeah. especially your D&Ds, your Pathfinders, and so forth, they're they're tactical. They're combat heavy. Um, and any game that's combat heavy, the fighter has a wonderful opportunity to shine most times. As somebody who likes regular Spotlight, isn't really huge on, look, I, I like Spotlight so I can do stuff. I don't necessarily want to be the talky person today. I do that for a living. I just want to sit here. And have some cool spotlight because I killed five ogres when the rest of you it took five of you to kill one ogre. I killed four. Look at that, because I'm fighter, man. I fucking kick ass. Um, I've got the hit points. I got the armor class. I have all that stuff. A lot of the the other cool thing about fighters for me when I when I played a lot was the magic swords, the magic armor, the magic shields, all the magic weapons. Those things are they're out there all the time. You have the largest array of weapons and equipment from a combat perspective that anybody else can use. Um, <clears throat> I know some people have bemoaned the fighter saying that it's not as good as a paladin or rangers a little bit better for it all around, you know, take a beating all day long and dish out twice the beating that you got. The fighters, the character to play and, the personality twists and all that stuff you can add to them They, Hey, they're good at parlaying. Oh, they play musical instrument. Oh, they're worried that they have a lost love or whatever. You can add that stuff to them, but at their core, the fighter is a badass mother and they're there to kick ass and chew bubble gum. And guess what? They're all out of bubble gum. That's how this works. And <clears throat> the other thing I really like about fighters when I see players do it is that, um, the, the women I've played with the young girls and, um, in the high school age kids, my daughter, Ilana, my my wife loves playing fighters because she loves to beat the living shit out of stuff, which what? I think is probably probably Brad's good. Biggest
0: fan <laughs> is that aggressive. Give me a break. Well, no way at
1: the, not, I, not. at the game at the gaming table, but not at which probably saves my <laughs> ass, which is nice. Um, but there's it's it's a great level set because it's almost that. Well, that, that paragon of a thing that's not you. Right. No matter how whatever it is you are during life, you could be that fighter. You can be that female fighter with 18 double O strength to go back to the first ed, right? You could be the female fighter with 18. Oh my God, strength to get bench press a giant and you can beat the shit out of Demogorgon. You could be that person. And and, it's and, really cool. Talk about heroic. <laughs> I mean, talk about like big doing big heroic daring do that's the so, fighter, man.
0: So before we get a bunch of emails, females had, cannot get 18 double O.
1: That's true. In first ed, you had, you had, uh, gender limitations.
0: This is not our things. our view. It's just how first edition was written, right or wrong. Correct. Easy yeah. wrong. Yeah. I just I, mean, I know people are like, no, that's not <clears> true because <throat> they were limited. Yes, they were. Whether they should be or not is a whole other topic.
1: But I'll tell but you, anyways. The, the, the the beautiful part about the fire, the strength of it is that they're going to be in the thick of things when it goes bad. Yes. When anything goes bad, the fighter's there to save your bacon. And I know we said we said fantasy focus, but take that to a military game. Um, he's not he or she isn't the medic. You know, this is the heavy gunner. This is the this is the guy who let old painless out of the bag. Right? I mean, that's yeah, that's, painless. That's, that's Jesse Ventura from you know the Predator movie. That I ain't got time f- to bleed. <laughs> exactly. That's the badass son of a bitch who's there, and you know. I can't remember the, uh, God, they're the two heavy gunners in the aliens movie. The second aliens movie. I can't remember. Uh,
0: Not, uh, Hutchins. Hutchins. Not uh, what's, no,
1: I can't remember. It was, it was a very Hey man, they're
0: coming, man. They're coming for us, man. (laughs) we are all going to die. That,
1: that girl in that movie, she just, she kicked. uh, Velasquez
0: or, or Vasquez, 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 Vasquez.
1: She was so awesome. I loved her. Anyhow. um, the fighter is just awesome. And it doesn't matter race, gender, wherever it is, fighters have this wonderful piece. And if you're playing in a fantasy game, fighters also <clears throat> the cool part about it to me anyway is that as a fighter, you have a level of respect when you come into whatever the community is. So your character is going from point A to point B, you're traveling from here to there. Somebody somewhere may be like, "Oh, we're afraid of clerics of a different god. Oh, magic is scary to us." They're like, "Oh, you're a fighter. Awesome. Have a beer." Um, <laughs> fighters, fighters are those people Like everybody understands the value of it. And when the fighter speaks, even if that person has, you know, a charisma of eight or 10, and they're not the most eloquent when the fighter says, that's it, something has to be done. Everyone takes note because the fighter is who the fighter is. She stood up and, you know, Emily said, Hey, this is, this is the job that needs doing. And, um, we're going to go do that. Well, she's the Sergeant and she knows her shit. So off we go. That's the other cool part about fighters is they can drag into, into their character any military background they had, how they trained, where they trained, who they know. Ask Sean, all the friends he's made over the years from his time in the Army, guys you still know, people you bump into. Like, hey, where'd you serve? Oh, yeah, I was there too. I was in Germany. I was here. Oh, did you do that? Wrong? Oh, fuck yeah, I did right.
0: that. Right, there is a spree, and an esprit de corps.
1: Exactly, yes. and that is a piece that from a fighter, some players I've seen don't do And I love doing it myself. When I play the fighter, when I meet new fighters, I have NPCs or player characters. Hey, did you serve under so-and-so in the the Goblin Wars? Ask those questions. That's really fun to do.
0: Now, Brett. Yes. If the fighter was like be-all, end-all, everybody would be playing it. True. Absolutely true. So what are some of the shittier things that the... (laughs) fighter will face that other classes may be able to overcome oh things
1: like um spells <laughs> right for example for example um when you talk about your spell casters and they drop a fireball on you they can do huge god-awful amounts of damage to massive things all at once they may take away half or three quarters of your hit points granted you're still standing but it still hurts a lot
0: well here here i'll even i'll even flesh this out a little bit so what you mentioned like the abilities yeah so the top 3 are for fighter strength con and dex okay so strength con and dex so some will say willpower is based off of wisdom wisdom right so wisdom isn't those top 3 that you just mm, said no right so if i'm a spellcaster Many spells are that manipulate the mind are?
1: Wisdom-based saves, intelligence-based saves. That's right.
0: Right. So what happens if I, wizard person, say, ooh, or GM, that's the big bad fighter? I'm going to throw charm Charm person person (laughs) at them, right? Hey, fighter, give me a will save.
1: You can, if you're not. Now, granted, even if you take the mechanics out of it, that piece of it, there is the component of as the fighter, you are a target, right? Sure. Even sure. A, e- whether it's from a spellcaster or a goblin archer sniper or a you know. Sethar Sethar laser blaster guy who's like, "Oh fuck, kill, kill her! She's death on two legs. Take you her down."
0: Big, you got a big target on you because you're like a fighting machine.
1: Yeah, there's a reason why you need a fuck ton of hit points and a huge ass armor class, either ascending or descending. You're either like you want like the negative five or the twenty five armor class. You've got to have all that you can because you have a big target on you. And if you're playing. Um when I play a fighter I I get into it and I say I'm going to go out there and dish out as much damage as I can keep the party alive blah 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 and I will accept the fact that I'm going to get the living crap beat out of my character every session. It's going to happen. <laughs> that's every the way it fight, is. every fight I'm going to ha- I'm going to look like Rocky after Clubber Lang got a hold of him. I'm going to be beaten battered bruised and bloody and black and blue. It's just going to happen. And that that's a weakness, right? Or a downside if you will to the fighter is that you're a target. And if you're the type of player that doesn't like getting the crap kicked out of their character all the time, that's perhaps not for you. But it, it's a piece. All the cool upside, the downside is your target. You know, Ange's character has laid waste to the last five ogres that came at it. Hey, guess who the frost giant goes after? Ange's character, right? Yeah, sure. Chris's character is throwing fireballs. Doesn't matter. Ange just killed five ogres. Fuck all that. Smack. I want to hit her first or him or whomever. I mean, that's what you're going for. The other piece, too, is, I mean, and I mentioned it before, and you and I have talked about this, is the backseat in the social encounter.
0: Yeah. Not yeah. the talky-talky person. Unless they may, some, They may try. They may yep. try. Right? Duh. They may duh. Or if you spend ahead. a bunch
1: of points and you don't have a shit-ass charisma, you know. I mean, a lot of times fighters use charisma as a dump stat. Right. And even, even in a point-spend game, like, ah, well, I don't need a lot of, you know, schmoozy
0: skill. Right. Well... You know, you probably have a low charisma because you got that nice scar right down the middle of your face. Yeah. And your, your eyeballs like glazed over white and you're trying to charm somebody that going to happen.
1: It's a challenge, right? Because you can, as I said, you can, you can lean on this free decor. Like, Hey, where did, did you serve in the goblin wars? Were you on the Sathar battle on Praxis prime? Yes, I was. No, I wasn't. You can have that back, excuse me, that back and forth. So if you are a fighter character and you're seeing all and there's a lot of really cool social encounters, you need to look at your character and then tell the game master, Sean, I'm looking around. The room. Where are the other fighters? Where are the guards? Where are the, where are the guys who are in the uniform with the halberds standing up there leaning against go, Oh, my God, I got to watch one more noble's party. This sucks. Pass a couple of smokes back and forth. Talk to those people. That's where you, quote unquote, belong is talking to folks of your job type. Sure. They're going to they're relate to you. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It's, it's weird, but a lot of times the weaknesses, all the cool stuff, is all the cool knowledge is being divulged by the wonderful debutante Elvin Eris to this amazing throne. And Sean and Phil are up there schmoozing like crazy. And there's Ange, Emily, and Brett, the three fighters for the party, twiddling the thumbs. Da, 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 da. Oh, my God. Wow. They're getting all the spotlight. Oh, my God, I'm bored. You can, as a fighter, flip that and say, who is in my quote-unquote class? Who's in my group? Who is Who can I connect with? And then go out and find those people and talk to them. It may be a split-second encounter with you and the town guardsman where you swap smokes or hand the guy a you know drink off your hip flask, but that's that's how you do social encounters in those environments. You're not going to have – the social encounter spotlight. You're not going to be the one that pulls all the really kick-ass knowledge together. That's not you.
0: Libraries are for for nerds. Wizard nerds. Damn wizard nerds. <laughs> wizard. So whenever somebody's playing a wizard and you're playing a fire, you can call them a nerd. Yeah, that and, that, that goes... And then they'll <laughs> charm your ass. And then <laughs> until they're about derp.
1: fifth, until they hit hazard class, which is usually about fifth level. So don't, don't fucking do that.
0: So Brett, what are the top, say five things that you would do if you were playing fighter or you're a game master talking to a new person and you said, look, here are the five things that you really, as a person should know about your character playing a fighter.
1: Here's how you roll the hit stuff with your primary weapon. Here's the mo- how much damage your primary weapon does. Here's your armor class, how hard it is to hit you, because I'm going to ask you what your AC is on a regular basis. And hit points, that tells you if you're alive or dead. And here's how you find out, here's how long you can last. <clears throat> if you're playing an old school game that somebody says, hey, zero means dead, you need to know that, because as I said before, you got a target on your back or you get your ass kicked. And if you can go to negative 10 or negative con or whatever it is, understand those, how hard it is to kill me rules. And understand how initiative functions and understand how the combat initiative cycle works. If you're using initiative, um, <clears throat> excuse me, know, how do you roll for initiative? How do you get engaged in the combat? How do I start a fight? How do I keep a fight going? How do I end the goddamn fight? Those so, are the pieces.
0: So, so you roll initiative. Correct. And I, and I look at you, Brett, you just, you're new, you're fighter. I say, Brett, what do you do? Yep. For initiative? Nope. You, 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 you it's oh. your initiative. You're up, Brett. Yes. Yeah, you're so, a fighter. You're so playing did, a fighter.
1: Depending what the combat is, I'm like, okay, where's the nearest bad guy?
0: Right, you got a couple goblins out to your, you know, your fifty feet, fifteen feet in front of you. You got somebody else thirty feet behind them. What is do you that do?
1: like, is the guy behind him the main bad guy?
0: Uh, potentially, You're not sure. Fancy not sure. robes. Seems to like swirling lights around him. All right, I'm gonna, gonna engage. To have his I'm eyes gonna engage, a,
1: engage the goblins right out of the gate. I want to take. Right. I want to get those guys busy and start cutting a swath towards the spellcaster in the back. So that way the thief or somebody else can get around because I've got all the goblins busy. Those guys can go do the glory work. I'm going to keep a, I'm gonna keep the underlings pinned so down. So you're going
0: to move up and smash the goblins' faces.
1: Yeah, charging right in there, and I don't want to lay waste. What
0: weapon are you using?
1: I'm going to use a two-handed sword.
0: Two-handed sword. All right. Give me a... Uh, so you move up, you hit, you roll. Yep. All right. Yeah, you hit. Great. Here's my damage. All right. Super awesome, man. You kill him next where's the, ne-
1: where's the next one
0: <laughs> right there you go that's fighter now that's that's kind of how you role play a fighter right i mean even i mean even in ro- okay so let's talk about role playing right like i'm talking about you know we talk about role playing hey man i'm a role hey i'm a i'm a podcaster
1: yeah well i mean if you're a fighter <laughs> you're you're a fighter who's you know you're um you're ex- you do the
0: role play right we got the fighter piece the, one yeah, the, of the cool parts about combat
1: is that, <clears throat> excuse me, you still have your voice as a, as a, as a fighter. One of the fun things I've done in the past is looked at the other fighters in the group and say, you know, it's, it's time for the, it, it's time for the, the candle keep maneuver. And everyone's like, what's that? You're like, I don't know. Just throw it out there, man. Just do stuff. All right, we're going to do it. We're going to a, we're going to do, do a slash and burn. What's that mean? You know, you come up with those things. That's fun to do.
0: What about you know, what about like your saying like you're, you're you, everybody every fighter's got a saying right like it's it's dying time right? exactly you can, like whatever well, it is some catchphrase yeah. man ain't got right.
1: time to bleed just watch any eighties <laughs> action movie and grab a catchphrase right
0: you know yeah it's like hey what's uh what's the uh, Megadeth right Mur- murder is uh, what the hell's that thing on album <laughs> What um, are you talking about which which one are you talking about the murder the uh, shit balls man everybody on the line's like. <laughs> Stupid what's, idiot. what's wrong with you people? You don't listen to Megan up. Killing is cheap, right? Oh, what is yeah. it? You oh, don't... yeah. No, i have losing uh, see, too. See, Brett God doesn't even know. Damn it. Yeah, but like. like God damn it. I'm going <clears> to <throat> Google that crap.
1: All right, you Google that. But the point, though, is that it's not just I roll, I hit, I do five damage. <clears throat> Add some fucking color to it, right? If you're going to role play that character and um, Emily's playing the badass fighter and she comes up, she's got the two-handed sword, the full plate mail. The description of look, I roll, I hit, I'm going for a huge sweep on a cut between his legs, take both legs out from underneath him, I want spray up blood, and I'm going to be screaming this catchphrase, you know, catchphrase five, and like, oh my god, you know, that's really cool. If you have an intimidation check, maybe you look at the game master and say, does that does that give you an intimidation bonus or anything? Um, but you, part of the job for you as the fighter is to make the combat interesting more than I hit. I missed, I do five damage, I hit 10 damage. Oh, I critted 15 damage. Fuck all that. Put as much color as you can into what it is you're trying to do. When I played this last weekend, Chris is playing the fighter, and she's like, I don't think I can cut through both of them, can I? I said, I'll tell you what, what do you want to do? He says, what I want to do is swing my sword and hit him so I can knock him out of the way so I can get to the bugbear. I said, do it, you have disadvantage, give me a roll. And so, boom! She rolls and she rolls an eighteen and a nineteen. And I'm like, holy shit! Bam! She kills the first one because she does plenty of damage. It just knocks the other one prone, giving her the opportunity to go through. Is that the rule? Don't know. Don't care. Just go with it. But that description, add that stuff into it, regardless of what the. If you're playing a game system that gives you bonuses for your descriptive, your narrative power, like in a in a dungeon world or a fake game or something like that, it's just awesome to do, and you get in that habit. Of describing everything you're doing as gloriously as possible, you're a fighter, man.
0: It's glorious. Get in there. It, it's killing is my business. Killing and, is my
1: business is good.
0: And business is good.
1: <laughs> we got the old Wolverine. and the bester is at what I do, and what I do ain't pretty. All that stuff.
0: Right, man. That's that's absolutely right, man. Anybody that like just loves the kick ass, take some of those freaking sayings from movies and. Make them yours, or come up with your own. Whatever it takes. Right. I mean, that's that's
1: again. I, those fighters are the fighters I remember as a game master, as a as a player with fighters who've done that. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that was Dude, fun.
0: Inglorious Bastards, man. <laughs> yes. I want I want me a, I want me some Nazi Nazi scalps. And so their role playing was, you know, when they're done, man, they they gotta collect the bounty. And what it, did what did George
1: Patton say? We're gonna kill Nazis. We're gonna kill them by the bushel full. We're gonna rip <laughs> out their ever living guts and grease my taillights with them. I mean, that's the stuff you should look at. I mean, when you when you're when your fighter is up there and there's a small horde of goblins or a large horde of orcs or a big horde of giants, whatever level you're playing at, and the wizards in the background, your fighter stands up there and screams, "Is that all you've got?" And he charges. She goes right in there and. He takes out some kneecaps, he's got storm giants laying left and right. You should be instilling fear and even if again, if God help you, if you're playing by somebody who's not allowing you to role play and just is like, well, unless the dice tell you you can do it I'm you know i I feel bad for you, but get into that character and love it. it is don't be that player I hit I did ten damage. I shot my bow oh, I missed. Oh, I fumbled. There, yeah, I dropped my weapon. Now you critted. Don't be that. Don't be that dickhead. Don't be that person. <laughs> that is the worst type of fighter. That's the type of fighter player who gives fighter players a bad name. Oh. I mean, seriously, get in, get into the character, and you can do it, and you can make it as awesome, kick-ass glorious as you want it to be. You just got to make it happen.
0: And I don't even think we can even go on from there. Well, the I fight- think that's it. <laughs> I think that's it. Die roll. Let's I think do it. it is. Die, Die roll. roll. Moving on. There you go. Moving Die on. Die roll. Two to four miscellaneous points of gaming and geekery and inspiration. We want to share with you. Brett's got a couple. I've got a couple via some from some friends online. And then we've got a few from listeners. Brett, go ahead.
1: All right. So, in the spirit of talking about fighters, there were a group of Crusader knights that showed up for battle in World War I. No shit. Hate. Hail the Templars. Hail the Templars. It's a couple different people put this up there um, in Google+. Plus, I think it was Mike Hunt. Is he the guy that does all the Gangbuster stuff? Mark. Mark. Is that Mark? Shit. Now yes. I'm losing his name. I'm going to have to look that up it's, while, it's, while you go. It's Mark. Is it Mark? Okay. Yeah. But in this country of, of Georgia, there's this group of people that show it, This article is awesome. These guys show up and like no shit. They're wearing chainmail. They have buckler shields, flintlock rifles, and fucking swords on their hips for World War One. This is just awesome. They're like, there are no uh, this this group of knights. that are allegedly descended from medieval crusaders. Their armor, war crusader, um the the motif of them, it, it's just awesome. The when you talk about role playing the fighter. I mean that's just fucking kick ass. The other piece, Hey, hey oh, for sorry. the
0: record. For the record, Mark's going to be at Game uh, Garycon. That's right, he is. He's going to be running g- g- Gangbusters. Oh, that that. Yeah.
1: If you're going to Garycon, you can play with with Mark on Gangbusters. You play
0: with Mark on Gangbusters. It's what you uh, do. I'm signed up for one of his games. Are you? Awesome. Yep. Yep.
1: And the other piece, there's no such thing as a fighter who kills like the big bad guy and doesn't want a trophy. So WizKids Kids has, I shit you not, a Mind Flayer head on a trophy plaque. I've seen, they. I think they've also done like Red Dragons and stuff, but a Mind mind Flayer's head. I mean, that's just, if you've listened to Streets of Avalon, and I've said this before, Mind Flayers are some of my favorite bad guys. So if I didn't, I'd have no idea how much this is, but this is really, really tempting. The
0: the Red Dragon was, I thought like 80, oh, it might have been. Like three hundred bucks. I mean, it was not cheap. But yeah, you know, were- Brett, I expect that to be on your wall, man. Those little deer antlers you got back, the little Bambi antlers back oh, there. Oh, now it's on. <laughs> I would expect a uh, Mindflare head or
1: dragon skull or something.
0: Well, you know.
1: Well, so the release date for this is May twenty seventeen. But I'll tell you, that just that sounds anyway, just really cool. That's uh, again, if you're playing fighters. Don't be afraid to take trophies, teeth, there. ears, whatever it takes, man.
0: You heard it from the fighter himself.
1: <laughs> Over to you, Sean, your turn.
0: Ray Otis comments on Dragon's episode. So thanks, Ray, for chiming in. I, I, I We even appreciate you even listening to us. I, I I thought Ray would have been like, yeah, those guys are a bunch of clowns. But thanks for mentioning my Dragons as Hoarders idea. So last episode, I mentioned how he came up on... Um, the discern realities dungeon world podcast. He mentioned how yeah. his, his encounter and dragons would be really cool if it was, they were just hoarders. And so he writes back to us. Thanks. It's going to be the theme of an upcoming issue of Plundergrounds, grounds, which is what he did promote in that episode, which is his dungeon, uh, my dungeon world slash OSR zine. Uh, folks can check that out. The first issue for free at his website, www.jellysaw, that's J-E-L-L-Y, saw, as in dot com. Or he's got a Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Ray Otis, Ray O-T-U-S. So thanks for another great show and for all the time you put into the cast, uh, show Ray some love, go and even check it out. I mean, if you're like, yeah, I don't know if it's any good, check it out. And then when you know it, when you see it's good, now chip in to his Patreon. Second one, uh, for me, Eli Kurtz has some insight into how he handles session zero, (coughs) Larry Hollis, (laughs) Uh, Larry Hollis. So Larry was the guy on Twitter, the gentleman who was like, Hey, I need some ideas for session zero. And so Eli listened to us after we mentioned, uh, Larry's call for help and says, Hey, here's my blog and this is how I've handled it. I uh, hope it helps. So, uh, Larry already knows this. He's he's on Google Plus, and I called him into that, and he's like, he didn't even know we mentioned his name. So he's like, oh my god, it's a show, and so he hadn't caught up yet, and now he's like, oh okay, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll check that out. So,
1: I'll tell you, I've I've looked at this. I've looked at Eli's, but uh, po- it's a quick read. But I'll tell you what, there's nothing but gold in there. So give it a shot. Look at it. It's it's all good stuff. Is anything like Sean and I put out or anybody else from a Game Master advice or player advice perspective, if you find one nugget, that's great. Take it and run with it. Turn it in whatever you want. But um, Eli's got some good stuff out there. So thank you, Eli.
0: So from other listeners, Brett, you want to yeah. start?
1: The Pure Mongrel, he tells us about a Judge Dread RPG that's coming. Link in the show notes. Um, I love me some Judge Dread. I remember him uh, back in the comic heydays of my late 80s, early 90s comic collecting. So that's really cool. Um, I've had multiple listeners point this out to me there was a Lego Dungeon Master set ideas.com uh, excuse me ideas.lego.com where they talk about uh Dungeon Master it looks like a piece of <clears throat> god my my, my boy uh, AJ and my daughter Alana love Legos like I did they have all my old Legos when I was a kid and some of the fun things that AJ and I'll do is we'll set up like an entire above ground. that goes into a dungeon. We eat up half of his bedroom floor setting up Lego dungeon. So this just looks really cool. Um, what was this? Are you going to, you going to keep going,
0: man? You gonna no, I was, was going to say,
1: these are yours, man. I don't know these, you, you take, I, I put <laughs> those, was I was going to say, I put the first two up. I think these are yours, man. You go.
0: Chris of misdirected Mark, coded designs, down with D and D. I don't know what this guy's he's just—he's all over the place, Brett. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean, if, well, if it weren't for Chris, there would be no Streets of Avalon. Let's see. There's Hobbs and Friends of the OSR, Bandit's um, talking games.
0: <laughs> out of freaking control, of that guy. He points out the Tales of the Warrior Princess Kickstarter. So it's uh, check that out. This is—we're uh, recording this February seventeenth. If you record, if you go through our back catalog, and we're like a year down the road, you know, this may be out there on the market, and just go out and pick it up. But uh, for those of you just listening in the immediate time frame, check out that Kickstarter. Chris thought it might be interesting that people be aware of it and know about it. Um, I don't know if it's funded yet. I haven't pulled it up yet.
1: I'm checking. Do do do. They've got uh, not funded yet, not funded yet. They got 19 days left to go. This is one of those pieces that um, as a father with a daughter who really loves gaming and so forth, this might be really cool. And honestly, the other thing that to not – put it into that pigeonhole. This is cool. There's really good stories to be told about warrior princesses, about warrior men, about warrior whatever. It's really cool. So take a look at it. It's 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 a good thing. It's a good thing to see.
0: And then the last one I we have is Bedlam Hall, a macabre Victorian RPG Kickstarter. And Christopher Gray let us know about that. Now that is funded as of February 17th, 2017, Our Lord.
1: Yeah, and they've got 25 days left on that one.
0: 25 days left. So if you didn't get it on the Kickstarter, that product is probably out there for you to take a look at and purchase, I hope.
1: Some of the art reminds me of Edward Gorey. I Ooh. like it. I like uh, it. I like it. Or I at don't. least at least that approach.
0: Listen to Brett. He's all artist over there. <laughs> he goes to the galleries.
1: I do. It's a thing.
0: Hey, we want to thank uh so that's it for die roll. Thanks for everybody submitting information to to bring to everybody's attention and check out. Much appreciated. Uh also want to thank G Sedge, uh G S E D G for the kind review on iTunes. Thank you very much. Thank you very much.
1: ITunes. iTunes reviews are awesome. Uh, rankings in iTunes are great. I mean, if you if if you like us and you know, Sean and I have talked about this before. It's great to be ranked really high in a in a podcast meeting like iTunes and so on. But when it really comes down to it, I mean it it sounds as corny as it sounds, I would prefer that even if you don't do iTunes, you just tell your friends like, hey, I like these guys. That is much more important to Sean and I than the rankings. It's just it's just awesome to have folks say, Hey, I listen my, you know, we've had a couple people like, Hey, I started listening to you because guys at my gaming table said this is cool. That's awesome. That, is, that, has more, um, that has more heart to it, I think. It's really, really cool. Again, iTunes reviews are great. Rankings are cool. But the fact that you men and women uh, point us out to other people, that's just awesome.
0: So, yeah, it's a little longer of an episode this week. We're recording a little bit earlier in the week than we typically do. Uh, Brett's got some commitments. But, Brett, what are we talking about next week? What's the next episode?
1: Well, I'll tell you what—I've got two options in my head right now, and one of them is how to run a session zero, give Larry Hollis a little bit more love, or potions. This comes from VC Young. VC had given us an idea. He talked about, "Hey, potions!" and boom, some stuff hit my mind. So I'm vacillating between the two of those at this point. So we'll see what comes up. Well, those are your best guesses. If you're, if you're, if, if there's a Vegas bookie out there taking odds, I would uh, go uh, 50-50 either one of these. <laughs> you put the potion in the bucket
0: don't don't do it (laughs) (laughs) all right well hey thanks for tuning in to this episode of gaming and BS we hope that you found I don't know something worthwhile absolutely I'm one of your hosts Sean
1: and I'm Brett good night and good game and all
0: this episode of gaming and BS brought to you from the help from the following patrons Christian sexy voice Serrano Kevin Lovecraft Joe Swick Brett's biggest fan Jeff Rademacher Forrest DeGarry Mark Anthony Benedetti Bruce Cunnington, Eric Jefferson, Andy Hall, Sean Nicholson, Tim Jensen, Chris Steele, Knights of the Night crew, Palladian, Jason Blaylock, Remy Billado, Jason Hobbs Hobbs, Merkel Froelich, Wayne Humphrey, James Carpio, not Caprio, Pure Mongrel, Lord Tentacle, Corey Johnston, Eric Tenkar, Brandon Barnes, Mark Tosaka, Brett Pazinski, Tim Shorts, Eileen Barnes, Chad Knight, Dan Lavalle, C.W. Mellencamp, Nicholas Abruzzo, Victor Wyatt, Tony the Butcher, Baker, Craig Huber, Eli Kurtz, The Lost Sailor, Graham Miner, Todd McGowan, Roger Braslett, Misdirected Mark Productions, Old School DM, Jason, Christopher Gray, The Tabletop Game Talk Podcast, Stefan, Dragonspawn, and Jared Rasher. For the cost of a coffee shop coffee, you could support the show for an entire month. Visit GamingNBS.com forward slash Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N. This This has has been a Litterbox Litterbox Studio Production. production.